Yeah. Boom. Boom. How are you, Kevin Clark? I'm good. How are you? I am doing okay. Today was an incredible day. Like, if you asked me how was the week, I was like, ah, whatever. Mm. How was the past two weeks? Because we you went for a run, didn't you? Yeah, that was just one part of the day. Okay, all right. Tell me more. Tell me more, dude. Today was incredible. I have to share because you know not every day is incredible. Today was incredible. <laughs> uh, so I took the day off because I I had a like a public holiday last week that I didn't take because work was crazy, uh, and so I took like one day this week instead. So. I didn't work today. So I woke up and then I did that weird uh, pet feeder thing that I tweeted about it. I'm not sure if you saw that. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. That was super fun. We can talk about that. And then like, I cooked lunch and then I uh, built the remaining feature from uh, Handmirror 1.3 um, keyboard shortcut and I shipped it and I went for a run and I saw friends. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I know. you've done more today than i've done in the last month <laughs> i have done more today than i've done in the past two months <laughs> and then when i got back from the run the app was approved <laughs> like ready to, to publish and so i did and i'm talking to my friend right now like the day is still going boom talking to kevin and i'm recording <laughs> layout incredible day nice so fun that's yeah. really cool you know how it, it's kind of a thing, like it's part of my personal brand that I'm always ready. Uh, <laughs> not only to you, but many people in my life. Um, it's it's shocking how close I get sometimes, <laughs> especially today with this recording. <laughs> um, but I made it. What do you mean? <laughs> like, as you as I was saying, I'm ready. I was opening Audio Hijack. <laughs> Don't tell me these things, you know, it freaks me I out. Got it, I got it right on time, but it was close. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, what what tumbler is that? What is that water <sighs> bottle? Oh, I do wonder, huh? It's, I caved in. <gasps> it's, yes. Uh, well, That's very good. Nobody people, can see it. <laughs> yeah, nobody can see. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Kinto uh, travel tumbler that I recommended like a long time ago. Yep. But it's a black version. And it's the, mm. the bigger version. Yeah. Mm. I got it. Nice. It's very good. I use cool. it um, all day, pretty much. Nice. nice, I, nice yeah, nice, I don't really nice. have a lot to say about it. but <laughs> <laughs> Is it your recommendation? It's, it's fine. It works. It's, it's <laughs> what, what, what are you drinking? Do you usually just drink water? Just or water. Tea or? No, no, just okay, water. Got it. No, got I, it. I don't really do hot beverages like other than hot chocolate, to be honest. The only the only coffee I drink is your coffee, Rafa. <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah, I'll take it. That does make me feel better somehow. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, uh, how often do you drink hot chocolate? Oh, very rarely. Okay. Do you ever make it at home? Or it's more of a, like, we are going out for coffee, but I don't drink coffee? Yeah, exactly. Like, I do make it sometimes at home, but it's always a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know why but it's like I've tried like with the milk and melting like al- actual chocolate in it and uh-huh. everything but it's just like somehow I never have the right way to do it and never taste how I want it to taste. Can I give you a tip from someone who Yeah, please do. almost never drinks hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but I've worked at a at a cafe like way back in the day. <laughs> and so I did make some hot chocolates for mm. for customers. The tip is put way more chocolate 
and add sugar like way more than you think you should. Right. Right. Just just go for it. Just like why does a you know melted cheese or you know the cheese and ham sandwich uh, taste so good? Because they just put like four slices and they fill it with butter. Uh, that's why it's so good. So nice. tip. Try it. <laughs> just. Just go super extra <laughs> all the yeah all the it's, chocolate. it's like um we were watching i think it was some bon appetit video or something like that and they're like and then you add a bit of a small quantity of butter and it's just like half the <laughs> the butter thing the and stick. then i was like oh okay that's not really we don't really have the same <laughs> definition of just a little bit <laughs> yeah but hey you know it does it does taste better it, it works um, yeah totally yeah. cool Hey, can I tell you this like little story of the pet feeder thing? It was so much yes, fun. Yes, please go for it. I have a lot of questions, and I learned so much. Okay, so here's the here's the the backstory. Uh, I'm what was the inception the for this? Like, what made you want to get this? <laughs> Other than like, you must buy every cool gadget that you see <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> you oh. kind of have. It is kind of like we've well documented this thing before. <laughs> your your shopping addiction. <laughs> uh. No, well, no. I think I think I'm okay here. Like, so I already had a smart, and I'm doing hand quotes, <laughs> smart pet feeder thing for for Zoe. Because uh, what I'm not gonna feed the cat. Like, I found a, found that we were probably overfeeding the cat. Oh yeah, she was getting fat. <laughs> and I was like, hey, you know what would be cool to you know if we have a smart thing that uh, we do set the dosage and whatever, and it dispenses food at a at a regular interval. I'm sorry. Can you hear the fans of my laptop? Because I can. <laughs> no, I don't think I can. I can hear them. It's crazy. This, hey, it's the 16-inch 16, 16 MacBook Pro. The fans are, like, always on. They're not super loud, but they're always on. Really? So annoying. My yeah. uh, my old 13-inch still <laughs> going on great. Yeah, I mean, same. Never it's had any keyboard does... problems. Never. <laughs> never. The fans okay, never just... turn on. I just checked the good old uh, ice test menu, and it's it's um it's a GPU, like it's Chrome. Uh, Whatever. Sorry. Um, see, if only we recorded on an iPad, <laughs> we wouldn't have this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> if only we both know that's impossible, <laughs> uh, or at least we both know that's a terrible experience. <laughs> Anywho, going back. Uh, okay, we so we had we had a feeder thing. And it's incredible how, like, when you try to shop around for a good, smart, uh, you know, pet feeder, how just, they all suck so bad. It's so shitty. And, like, even the brands, it feels like it's, like, something, like, they all look shady. You know, they never have a lot of reviews. They never, like, Hmm. there's no go-to if you Google. The best one. (laughs) There's no go-to brand. And, like, most brands only sell in certain markets. So maybe if you're outside of the U.S., you know your options are very limited. Right. Whatever. It's it's not easy, <laughs> but mm. we did get one, and it was like so bad. Like the app was not updated to the iPhone 10. Like, <laughs> uh. you know, since I think still today. I don't think they, just like I don't bad. think they can uh, submit an update actually without, <laughs> without adding iPhone 10 support anymore. Oh, that actually explains a lot. <laughs> it's just. Poor, shitty quality, both from hardware, but especially the software. It's just bad. Oh, here's one example that I think it's a, it's a, it's a tell just how bad the this app is. When there's the daylight savings time and like the the time changes, the app doesn't automatically like update the clock. 
So mm. like if I have it set to dispense food at 7 a.m. after daylight savings time, uh, it will be at 6 a.m. or whatever. Right. Uh, I have to open the app. I get a little modal saying like, hey, we detected that, you know, the time has changed. Do you want to update your schedule? Like, of course I do want it. <laughs> yeah, it's why would bad. you not? And it, it's not like this is an app that you open every single day either. Right. You know, like you just set it and kind of forget about it. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And and that feeder we had like the little blades. It just rotates some blades, you know, to to dispense the food, to move move the food around or whatever. Um, those blades like it would get stuck constantly, mm. like constantly. I would have to. You know, <laughs> and then the cat and is starving and jam it. <laughs> it's bad, dude. It's re- it was really bad. But we stuck around with it for well at least two and a half, three years. I want to say. Because, you know, I mean, what's it going to do? And it's not like there's this better option out there that I was aware of. So just whatever. Uh, at one point, like, the blades broke, and I had to, like, super glue it together to try to oh. work. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. But eventually, like, it did break, like, for real uh, last week. And so we had to, in both the water fountain and the dispenser, the food dispenser, like, they both broke at the same time. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> uh, and also, I mean, this is kind of silly. But it was our cat's birthday, like last week. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> not not that it played, you know, a role in my decision making at all. But it was like, oh, nice. That's nice <laughs> to project this, these human concepts into this tiny little it's, animal. It's kind of like when you break your iPhone, like right after the new one is released. It's like, well, you know, that's time. <laughs> so I went to Amazon, shopped around, did some googling to know, like. I, I didn't learn anything new. It was just, oh, they all suck, I guess. So I just looked at Amazon and tried to go for like the the best looking one. <laughs> Honestly, that was my criteria. Is all I that I could tell um, from this is how I shop around. for anything really. So because <laughs> they all said, oh, it's smart. You can schedule the the feedings and uh, works with a smartphone. Whatever. Like they all have the same you know bullet points feature. So, list. but okay, question. Why mm. do you? Why would you want that to work with a smartphone? What do you mean? Like, I mean, my assumption is like you just want this thing to be set on a schedule and then just like go off in the background. So, like, why does it even need to some kind of like connection to your smartphone? Like, wouldn't that make that device right. way more complicated than it needs to be? So, the previous model, the shitty model, uh, not that this one is not shitty. Like, it's still too early to tell. But the other one had also a camera that you could to see if your cat like was eating the food, like pointed at the food. But we never use that. And by Does the way, it have like a, have a tablet <laughs> stuck to it, <laughs> <laughs> like the fridges? Yeah, comes with an Android tablet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but so I guess for the camera thing, you do need a screen, like some kind of software app uh, to stream it. But yeah, I guess I mean you don't need it, and I don't necessarily like want an app because i don't really use it but it's nice to like if the cat is being annoying or whatever like i know if the thing gets got stuck for example like i get a notification Uh, that's that's useful uh or like sometimes that's just the cat is being super annoying because it's hungry and i'm like okay fine and i open my phone and i dispense food (laughs) see this is this is the problem this is what you don't want to (laughs) do you don't want the cat to realize that it has any influence (laughs) on the food (laughs) yeah like like you want you want to tell your cat look cat i don't control the machine (laughs) the machine is not me (laughs) don't 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 have as much power and influence on this as you do (laughs) exactly i'm just the cog in this machine (laughs) i try to trick the the cat and 
tell her that, but she didn't. <laughs> she doesn't still. Yeah, English is not her strong suit. But anyway, um, but, so anywho, so we ordered these new ones. They do look kind of cool and clean and whatever. But I was like, my expectations were this is going to be incredibly terrible, but hopefully less terrible. That was like what I was hoping for. <laughs> right. It was still in the same price range, whatever. Um, so when I got it, it was like from the box, the actual box and unboxing experience and whatever, it was pretty premium. Like, like you know, not like Apple level, but it was nice. It had a lot of little details. The packaging was clean. Um, it kind of like matches that. Even the hardware aesthetic is all like, you know, Eve from Wally type of, you know, <laughs> right. all white with one single LED thing type of thing, whatever. So I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, and then on a the hardware, it had a lot of little details. Like, this is not asking much. Again, my expectations are super low. But for example, in the lid, um, if you open it up, like on the bottom of the lid, if that makes sense, you can put a little silica. Uh, I actually don't know what the material is. Something to make the food not go soggy. And I was like, oh, interesting little detail. Did not know that that would be a thing. I was not expecting that. Right. And all around, like, for example, the little, um, the actual bowl and where the food, you know, falls into, it connects, uh, like it attaches magnetically. Again, it didn't have to be that way, but magnets, we love them. <laughs> Humans love magnets. So it's it was nice. It was cool. So hardware, pretty good. And then I had to install the app. And the app Uh-oh. was bad. It's just <laughs> bad as well. Not as bad as the other one. It did support the iPhone 10 aspect ratio, <laughs> but it's bad. And you just know that they just like bought this from like, you know, off the shelf somewhere. For example, you can see like the, when you installed it, the onboarding thing, it pops up a little like walkthrough tutorial thing, you know, like a little just three steps, whatever. Um, you know, when you have like annotations on top of the app, like a little arrow saying, click here to uh. do this. But all of the annotations were in Mandarin, I think. <laughs> oh my God. Um, wow, amazing. I know. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a good tell when you search the app store for the app. And the title of the app is, in this case, it's called uh, PetKit, which is the name of the brand. And so the name of the app is PetKit International. So you're like, uh oh. So there's different different bundles, different apps for the US market, international, and you know. That's not that's not, never a good tell. But anyway, I installed it and it kinda it worked okay. Um, you know, not great software, but it worked. And then and then I was kind of bummed out that it didn't have any uh HomeKit integration. And it would be cool to just shout at Siri you know, to, to feed the cat. I think it would be funny. I, I will never use this. Like, I know it's not that practical. But if I wanted to, and if this integration would be, you know, reliable enough, I could, um, instead of having the, like, the schedule, the feeding schedule in the app, I could just do that in home kit, right? Oh, um, okay. I could do that. And All right. I still can, kind of. So anyway, so, so far so good. Uh, now, again, this was this morning, and I had free time. Uh, and so what I did was I thought, okay, if I feed the cat from the phone, like it, it's sending a network request somewhere <laughs> that like, hey, you know, you know, hey, server, feed the cat. <laughs> um, I'm like, okay, I know how computers work, kind of. In looking at the quality of this app, I have a feeling, like if I had to guess, it feels like security, you know, it's not <laughs> super strong. <laughs> So I'm like, if somehow I can, 
like look at the network requests being made from my phone while I'm you know feeding the cat maybe I can grab that API call you know get that URL and and then like do it manually just with this one API call uh does that make sense so far yeah it does yeah yeah right. so but how okay. much what kind of level of detail can you get from that request can you like get the actual like URL and some kind of token or whatever that they're sending yeah or? Really? Yeah, can get all the you know the the headers in the the body the you know the request. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. So I was like, how do I do this? First, you know, I need a Mac. What am I? What am I doing? Right? Of course, I need a Mac. So in order to do that, I was like, I need a web inter- interface somehow to snoop on the Mac. And people told me about uh, Charles, this app mm-hmm. on the Mac that you can use to you know keep track of uh, all the network requests being made. Um, but the app, this feeder doesn't have any web interface, so you have to do it through the app. So I also found out that there's Charles for iOS. That was new. I didn't know that you could do that. And I'm like, but wait, how does a third-party app keep track of all network requests being made by other apps? Is it like a VPN? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. There you go. So smart, by the way. But yeah, it does create a VPN, and you know, if you are the VPN, you can right. You know, you know all of the requests being made. So, uh, so I turned it on, and I went to the app, and I said, "Feed the cat or dispense food or whatever." And then I went back to Charles and see, okay, what kind of calls were made, and eventually I found the API call, and I was like, okay, now I need to somehow put this because it did work. Like you know, I just sent a request from my computer. Uh, and it worked. Like nailed it. Now I just huh. need to somehow make this API call when, like, I click a button, like a switch on a button on HomeKit, right? And that was the part that took the longest because I just had to look around. And I'm not, you know, I'm not very savvy on this. This, this is, I'm already way out of my, you know, comfort zone. I have no clue how to do this shit. Um, but I did find this uh, one uh, plugin. I'll put links in the show notes. It's, it's like. You can create switches and you can create the posts and the gets from the switch and like check status to see if something is on and off. Um, and there's one type of switch, which is like a stateless button. It's just, you know, either always is on or always is off. That's what I want. And uh, somehow I made it work and I, you know, added to HomeKit, uh, HomeBridge, which then appears on Home, which then you can use Siri. Like I said, a scene called, you know, Feed the Cat. And then I can just ask Siri to do it. And that was super fun. And it was actually, like, it took, I thought it would, I would take the whole day just playing around with this. And then at the end of the day, it was like, ah, I'm closed, but, you know, whatever. Right. But it was actually pretty easy. So That's now awesome. I'm just. Have you, I, I guess one thing you could have done, too, is you could have got, done a shortcut. So, like, not really bothered with the HomeKit stuff and just oh have. God. You know? You're right. I didn't think of this. Because you can just send a like a you know a post API yeah. request from shortcuts, right? Of yeah. course. And so that way you better. just come up with whatever like shortcut phrase you want, and right, yeah. No, that's true, Kevin. Damn. Okay, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> the day is not over. See, that's good. It's getting even more awesome. <laughs> that is good. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like three a.m. Like, no, this day cannot end. <laughs> do more. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's that's a, that's a great idea, actually. Right now, this thing is just like a big old mess of like a house of cards, and where 
I've noticed that if I do log in in their app, but from another device, like I get a new user token or whatever. Hmm. Um, so I would have to update that, that API call. Um, so, you know, this, it's very easy to break this. And by the way, I'm pretty sure I, I noticed that in the body of the request, part of it, like there's a string that it's uh, just a date. Because when you feed whatever, like it keeps track, like a log, oh, you okay. the cat on this day. So part of that um, payload that you send, there's the date there. So like if I try to use that tomorrow, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to break hmm. the internet, I think. <laughs> it's like, feed it now, but yesterday. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> Um, so I'm sure this will break, but it was fun. That's yeah, I actually idea. wonder, I don't know how they do their, their auth stuff, but like clearly probably not that very well. So <laughs> maybe you can also like spy what they do to basically update the token <laughs> and yes. actually like also get the new user <laughs> yourself. So. Totally. I know that it was an API call, like when you try to log in or when you do log in, there's a, that's a different call uh, that right. I could try to make effectively like log in every time you, you yeah. trigger it but then i would have to save that token somewhere i don't, I don't know how to do that I mean, it's just a lot more <laughs> yeah then you're building your own version of the ios app <laughs> right <laughs> which you could uh, also do and expose some shortcuts which could be fun but yeah probably not legal but yeah true <laughs> i mean what's being legal really in this case right like i you know just yeah, for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Anywho, that was my morning. That was fun. Nice. That's cool. You're making me want to like hack on something like this. this yeah. What? Why would you hack? Do you have a thing in mind? Oh God, I don't even know. Um, I guess that's part of the problem. I need <laughs> need some cool toys to hack. <laughs> Step one: get a cat. Step two. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You if our listeners have some ideas, maybe I can try something for the next episode. Send yeah, us your, f- your recommendations. That'd be fun. Yeah, I did get the stickers like forever ago when you got yours, like the NFC mm-hmm. stickers, which I don't even remember where they are now, but... Uh, <laughs> did they make it the <laughs> I played move? with that a little bit. Yeah, who knows, <laughs> actually. <laughs> it's unclear right now. They might <laughs> be in storage somewhere. Um, so that's kind of fun, but I also felt a little limiting um so yeah i don't totally. know i don't know what, what i could do do you have some other uh homebridge stuff uh so i use homebridge to hook up uh, my nest thermostat my dyson fan hmm. um my tv lg tv there's not there's not a lot of stuff but for example the fan is in, surprisingly the one that i use the most because the hmm. uh, so the dyson fan is also a like air purifier okay uh so one scene that we set is like every every time I'm cooking, uh, there's some you know smells and just smoke and some things that you know the the, the house smells especially because it's like an open floor thing. So I just trigger Siri and I say to clean the air and it'll just set up the fan in just auto you know filtering mode. Um, so that there's like the one I use more regularly nice. actually. <laughs> uh, then the thermostat is just on automation. Um, and the TV, I don't know. It's not honestly to turn it on and off when I forget. Right. Turn it off. But uh, do yeah. you, you have an Apple TV, right? Yeah. So you don't even need that. Uh, well, because I can tell sometimes I can tell Siri sometimes to turn my on Apple TV, TV like goes to sleep before uh, my TV okay. does. Got it. 
Yeah. If your Apple TV is already off, then you can't tell mm. it to turn the TV off. So it makes sense. Right. Right. Cool, cool. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I like the only thing I've been hacking these days is uh I've been <laughs> making more progress on a side product of mine. Ooh. Uh iOS app. Um I don't know if I wanna say exactly what it is yet. That um, was my follow-up question <laughs> yeah i mean i'm forever trying new ideas to keep myself motivated so i don't know i bounce back and forth then. between like talking about it very early <laughs> and not talking about it at all uh-huh. and seeing which one keep, keeps me more motivated but let me ask you this i don't mean to tease the listeners but do i know what app are you working on or is this like a new one did we talk about so. it at any point? no so there was one that i used to work on which is a uh, an app that like has a list of like the basically cool things around you right essentially right okay um, that was that's the one i was thinking of. <laughs> which I think is like <laughs> funny funny enough like now not as much of a concern <laughs> that's <laughs> um, the bullet there <laughs> well you know i i still think it'll be right. interesting and i'll i expect to resume working on it when we can go places right <laughs> and actually it'll pro- it, it can be there's an opportunity to be even more special and useful uh when you're like after this whole thing i don't know what's going on what yeah. restaurants did even make it or whatever yeah uh, that's that's gonna be very sad but um yeah we'll see so yeah like i could continue working on it but it just kind of feels weird in this <laughs> current climate so i'm <laughs> just like not really in the mood for it although i'm still fully believe in the idea um no so this is another one i've been working on it for a long time um it's pretty close um but so basically how do i talk about it in like abstract enough terms so that people don't know exactly what it is but can you give us the category is it a photo app not really no so it's not like any other app that i've worked on before but uh it's a small ish utility um and it's gonna be cross-platform uh so ios ipad and catalyst which is gonna be fun. Ooh, uh, I've exciting. already like it. Already works. Like it's it's so cool. <laughs> like to have a Mac app running. Um, wow. With a custom toolbar and stuff like that. Like it it looks like a pretty good Mac app. Uh, even if there's a couple things that you just expect all Mac apps to be able to do that it just doesn't for some reason. Like for example, let's say you want to select multiple items. You expect to just be able to like drag <laughs> yes. your mouse or like shift click. And it's like nope. This is just doesn't work (laughs) my god Um, and i don't think there's any like easy ways for me to do that um which like harkens back to the stuff we were talking about about the ipad key like the keyboard and uh and trackpad stuff uh Mm -hmm. last week or not last week but right last shows (laughs) um so, but anyway, so one of the features, it's kind of like one of the last features I want to add um, is the ability for users to share their, whatever they're working on with other users and collaborate and ideally in semi real time. Um, Cause there's, Oh no. I think it's like, <laughs> I, I think it's a kind of app that like really becomes awesome when you can collaborate with other people. Um, because now I'm thinking just technically to make that happen. It sounds like a, can of worms <laughs> you know yeah from a, yeah implementation details you know so like i first started out doing just like a core data thing where all the data was local 
And then um, last WWDC, Apple was like, hey, you can now do um, Core Data and iCloud <laughs> again. Because <laughs> they did that before and it was terrible and they deprecated <laughs> it. And then they're giving it another shot now. This time is better, we swear. Yeah, exactly. That, that was basically the pitch in, in the talk. So I was like, all right, let me see. Let me try to like implement that. And it's essentially like a one-line change for CloudKit. If you're using, sorry, not CloudKit, if you're using Core Data. Um, and it kind of works, <laughs> but it's still terrible, basically. So the the changes take about like two minutes, two to three minutes to to sync between devices, and sometimes just don't sync for no good. So reason. they must be using that for notes. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I don't know. It's just like, yeah, no, like this, like sometimes the iPad app is just like, no, like my Mac syncs, my phone syncs. iPad is just stuck in the past for a really long wow. time. And then, then oh, I add something so on the iPad and then, oh, now the iPad's there and the iPhone, but then the Mac is stuck. Like it's just very bad. Um, so I was like, okay. And then I was like, maybe there's something I'm not doing right and like wanting to start like keep diving more into that but then so i wanted to implement this sharing feature so i was like okay i know that you can do sharing with cloud kit and behind the scenes core data in icloud let's is basically just using cloud kit um so i was like okay let me access the cloud kit record from my core data model object um and then share that Turns out this is not allowed. <laughs> so if you're using this, there's no sharing possible, even though technically it uses um, CloudKit behind the scenes. So like, damn, now what, what do I do? So I looked a little bit into core... Uh, uh, God damn it, the, all these terms are <laughs> all like jumbled up in my brain. So I looked into uh, CloudKit, but CloudKit looked so complicated. Basically, CloudKit is, is you have access directly to the server, but mm. you have to manage persisting your data locally mm. and you have to like handle when you run your sync operations and like what happens if there's conflicts, right? Like there you go. Like you have all the tools, but how do you want to manage all this stuff? So like, damn, I don't really want to do that. Um, so I was, <laughs> I did what I do all the time when I'm stuck is I complain about it on Twitter and then <laughs> usually hopefully some nice people come help me out. Um, so I had Nico, a friend of mine who's an iOS developer, uh, reach out and he was like, Hey, I know, you know, <laughs> you're, you're probably not gonna like it, but have you tried Firebase? Oh, so I was like, oh, interesting. And I was like... Can I ask a question before you yeah. continue? Why do you think he said, I know you're probably not going to like it? And was it true? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, it was totally true. Like, I was predetermined not to like it. Like, okay, why? Let's dig deep. Well, so... I don't know. I have... So I've... <laughs> As people probably know, if you listen to the show for a while, I like compulsively create new apps and <laughs> just never mm-hmm. release them. But, um, but I like kind of like keeping up with what's going on. Like every time there's a new version of iOS, I'm like, ooh, I want to play with the new features mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh, I find that every single year when that happens, I like I burn myself because of the the third-party code that I've 
imported into my apps are always the stuff that breaks whenever there's like mm. a new OS or there's a new piece of functionality or like right. i mean now it's less true anymore but it used to be in the the early days of swift where like literally every single time there would be a language update it'd be like now all of your dependencies are broken and good luck <laughs> um so so i really have this sort of aversion for third-party code to be fair first-party Code also breaks all the time, especially Swift, you know, like you mentioned, kind of. Mm. Um, like the reason it does, but at least say, I can fix it. And and well, people are gonna say, well, okay. why don't you just like fork the thing you're doing or like submit a pull request and like, yeah, no, thank you. Like I don't feel like changing, right. rewriting like a 300 file kind of package. Right. So so that's number one, and then number two, it's like this is like a kind of a google thing and nothing wrong with google obviously when you you're thinking about syncing and stuff like that it's like google is not a bad company at at doing that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff but all my things are apple stuff so i was just like i don't know if this is gonna be weird or like how this is gonna integrate with all the all the all my apps and all the systems and i didn't even know like what does their pricing look like? You know, like right. I got a pretty good sense for what iCloud pricing is, which is essentially free. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't know. Like, and now I need to set up a Google account and like deal through all of this. And then I also felt like the, the Google framework is probably going to be humongous, <laughs> um, which is like other stuff to deal with. So, but now anyways, you're making me, you're leading me to believe that you did not try Firebase. Well, so that was my first impression. So, but I was like, you know what? Let me give it a shot. Like, I just want to see what it's like. I can't judge it until I try it. So uh, I did try it. I created a new branch and started hacking away with it. Holy shit. (laughs) There's no surprise why Google is great at this stuff. It is. Wow, plot twist. Their developer tools are so good. And so easy and so straightforward. And it's like, you literally, it's like one import of the, I don't know how you call this, like a package or or whatever, library. Um, One import of the library. And then it's literally like a callback on the, basically the type of object that you want. And then you update your your, your table view or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just automatically refreshes whenever the data updates like you don't have to do anything it's like literally like two lines of code (laughs) to set up the data it automatically binds everything automatically updates everything when anything changes you get real-time changes between what you're seeing on the dashboard on the web and the device um and on top of that it automatically persists everything (laughs) like So even if you have offline access, um, Can, are you using Swift UI? No. Okay. It's Swift UI is too young <laughs> for me. Okay. Yeah. Although I always okay. want to use it, but I, like every single time I try to use it, I'm, I run into something that doesn't work, and then I give up. So fair enough. Fair. Um. So yeah, basically, uh, I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome." So, and then I was like, but my only, con- uh, another concern was how do I do sharing? <laughs> because, 
like iCloud has this native sharing functionality or CloudKit, I should say. Um, but how did I do that in Firebase? So I'm like, maybe I like now maybe I have to like spin up a ser- some kind of server and like send a user a URL and then I have to do dynamic links. So when the person clicks on the URL to then manage like the user ID of that person and how they're now sharing the data and I have to like architect this mm. entire model. And it's like, oh, turns out Google's thought about this. Like they have a smart kind of link generator. It's like you just click a button, it like automatically opens your app, it automatically handles like the notifications and like doing all that stuff. Like it's just so easy and so good. Nice. Uh, except uh, I, I ran into an issue. So basically the, the way Firebase works is it's built to handle like different login formats. Like the most common one is username password. And I definitely don't want to do that because who wants to enter a, name, a username and a password? They also support right. things like um, Apple sign in with Apple, which is nice. Like they have kind of built in support with this and like you can transfer from one auth to the other and like you can have support nice. all of these different auth methods and it's like all great. But what I want is the like anonymous auth, which is basically like when you open the, the app, it just like generates a user token basically for you. Um, can you tie that in with iCloud somehow so you know well so that's the thing is that every single every other device creates a new one a new user so my idea was like okay let me look to see and it seems like nobody's asking about this anywhere like i was doing a bunch of searches and could not find anyone talking about this and then uh, i was like well why don't i persist like the maybe the user id or something like that like or I put it in iCloud, I guess, and sh- just share that. Mm-hmm. But then that's kind of inconvenient because the I believe the user token can change over time. Like it's kind of the same situation as you, like with your your pet feeder. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like yeah, like I can keep this, and it's likely to work for an undefined period of time. But <laughs> who knows how long that will be? And then what do I do mm-hmm. when? It doesn't. And I, I can't, like, sign in with a token. Like, I can't use it on the iPad. I basically have to totally, like, ignore the fact that you're logged in <laughs> if I pass the... Or that you're logging in if I, if I pass the token on the iPad. Anyways, this is, like, pretty getting pretty technical. But I kind of ran into this wall where I was like, oh, okay. I couldn't really do this kind of, like, anonymous authentication with Firebase. And maybe there's a way, like, I've spent the day hacking with it this weekend. Um, so I was like, okay. Now's the time. Like, now that I've played with Firebase, and I kind of know how Firebase works, let me see, let me try CloudKit. So <laughs> I, like, created a new branch. And I was like, all right, CloudKit. Like, show me what you got. <laughs> and so I've been trying to implement how CloudKit works. And... It's so much more manual. Like, I have to handle everything, like, saving data to disk and reading from disk okay. and, like, all the, the like, records modified, records deleted, like, 
doing all of this parsing and like subscribing. Just getting old Objective C vibes. Subscribing, yeah, subscribing to notifications property and, and checking to make sure that you have the right subscription and the subscription is up to date and handling a million different errors that can occur and uh, handling cellular data, handling offline access and doing all this stuff. Um, and it's, it's certainly so much more work than Firebase, but it like, I'm actually at a point where it works and it makes sense to me. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty straightforward. Like when, once you wrap your head around how everything works, there's a ton of boilerplate code, but it can be isolated pretty well from the rest of your code base. Okay. Um, and the sync is instant. Like it's, in my testing as fast as Firebase was for what I'm doing. Uh, and com- clearly like compared to core data and iCloud, it's like a million times better. Like, it, like I know that I get the most up-to-date data all the time, 100%, no matter what happens um, across all the devices. And so I'm like, now, now I'm I'm still like you know trying to figure this out and just like make sure that all the edge cases work and like deleting and like updating all the things. But mm-hmm. it's like wow, this seems like it's gonna work. <laughs> so wow, um, how long did it take you like the whole process since you first started to you know work on this syncing engine? Kind of. It's been. I mean, I've only worked on this this weekend, so like oh. two days. Damn. Okay, that's a lot. That, that sounded like a month worth of work i've I, I have to admit i think I, I played with it a little bit last night but like i just i mean yeah okay cool uh, like awesome. i spend a lot more time reading and watching all of the stupid wwdc sessions to get <laughs> the information you need mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of stuff that is just like not really documented anywhere and it's just like oh like what do you do because basically the, this whole system works on notifications Okay, so anytime the data changes, they send you a notification. Um, so you have but, to add observers and... and well, and that's and like not too bad because when the app is running and it's like processing the notification, you can pretty easily just, you know, process that notification and just like update right. your local cache of what's going on. Um, the problem is like, what happens if your device is offline when you get the notification? It's like, well, like the device, yeah, like the device just missed it, right? It's not Mm -hmm. like when I turn on data, the the notification will be there and they will all come in all at once. No, that Mm. notification is gone. So it's like, okay, now you have to have some code that monitors the network access. So basically, when you, I, I detect like if the network access turns on, then do another fetch and ask the server, hey, has there been anything changed since the last token, the last kind of update that I have? And then I persist, oh like, what's the current status? And it just returns to me either, like, no, nothing's changed, or yes, something has changed. I would give up by then. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, but it, it, it feels so satisfying, though, like, now that I, like, kind of understand how it works. And I... Believe me, I still have a bunch of challenges like to come of like how do I handle multiple record types because right now I just have one, and so this whole have to like rearchitect this whole like sync engine to support multiple record types, multiple zones, let alone doing any of the sharing stuff that I wanted to do to begin with. Um, 
So <laughs> the the war is definitely not won yet. Um, but I have to say, like, it's been it's been fun. Like now, if I am able to get successfully through this, I feel like I could see myself recommending CloudKit and I could see myself using it because it's actually really robust. Again, knock on wood, like as of now, I haven't really like tried everything. But mm -hmm. um, and what's great is like, no, I don't import any code, you know, into my into my code base. That does feel good. And uh, yeah. And like even the uh, thing like when I, I did like build and run um, for the Firebase version, I swear to God, it took maybe like two minutes to build the app. <laughs> like it's just the first time like after that it gets better but it still feels like oh boy like there's a lot of stuff oh and another thing too is um the app doesn't support catalyst for firebase because oh, like they, they're importing some kind of library that doesn't work on mac <laughs> for some kind of reason so it's just and it like, does make sense yeah so third party apps would be like just made for the platform yeah yeah exactly and, uh, like yeah, that support is not there yet. and i assume that you know give it a couple months like maybe give it like a year and sure. then it will be updated to support it but that's the kind of stuff with third-party libraries that you kind of have to rely on them kind of catching up with what you need um, so when so, will you when will you share what are you working on <laughs> when i'm done <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But yeah, so I need to basically like re-implement, fully implement this sync engine onto everything. And then after that, the app is pretty much done. Like then maybe, maybe at that point, like I'm, I'd be comfortable sharing what it is. And one thing I want to talk about you is pricing models. <laughs> Cause I think I do want to charge for this. Okay. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just like charging for the stuff I do. <laughs> Um, I, I know that's not your strong suit, but, uh, <laughs> I do, I do want to charge like a small amount, potentially some subscription, like a very low single digit dollar per month, uh, per, not per month, sorry, per year. Um, but just as a way to kind of like test the market and see how it goes. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I would have to know what the app is to even join yeah. in. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so so we can talk about that when that happens. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. But yeah, looking forward to it. Damn. Okay. Well, well speaking of uh, programming woes, <laughs> uh, this uh, I shipped today a new update to Hand Mirror that I've been working on. I mean, I even mentioned it here. Like the big feature of this update is just that now you can detach the window uh, from the little popover dingus. Uh, First thing I do is just, it's just a native uh, property of the NS popover uh, object. So you can just say, you know, is detachable and return true. Done. And you get all of the behavior out of the box. Just drag the thing. It detaches. Loses a little pointy thing. Cool. Um, so far, so good. So with like three lines of code, I've made the feature. <laughs> nice. But then... Here we go. But then, uh, like natively, if you detach it, it gets a little, just a little X, like close button on the top left uh, of the window. Uh, cool. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a thing. Okay. Now this little close button, you know, it was great. Natively, you click, it closes. You know, it didn't even have to add the behavior. It's perfect. Great. That's what uh, makes programming easy. 
Uh, but then, can you can you just notice the little button? Oh, what? Can you explain what's going on, like to the audience? Yes. So you've got the normal hand mirror window uh, with a video feed and the little gear icon. But what's new is in the top left corner, there's an X icon. But then as you move the window, there's sort of like a, a gr- some kind of gray square, it looks like, mm-hmm. that is over or under the icon that just like mm-hmm. appears as you drag the thing up and down. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. So that is weird. I don't know what and is going on. And does it only on. happen when you move it up? Like, when does it appear? If it's, again, uh, like if it's against the darker background, you will see it more. And then if you just change the, like the, the, the content you know, below the image, it, that square oh. thing layer is adapting to the content below it okay Uh, yeah so is it some kind of transparency thing yeah kind of so first thing is like what the hell is this um it's very weird uh but you know granted this is a native thing i didn't code this button at all i didn't write anything so first thing i try to do is like well get rid of it like try to go to the background of that button close component thing try to I couldn't just get rid of the background or change the background of that. Never mind. I, c- I can't access that component, that proper that that button. Second thing I try to do is like, well, can I maybe just add border radius so at least it's like it's still a circle <laughs> and not just that square around it. You can see the corners. Again, same problem. I can't really target it. Can't do anything. I like your resourcefulness. So third thing is okay. Can I just honestly like get rid of the close button? It's even like it's so small to begin with. And maybe I'll just add a button, you know, my own custom close button. Um, that's fine. So uh, first thing I try to do is like, well, I find this this class, this uh, this method name to to get rid of the button, the close button. Um, but the problem is, uh, like, when you have the popover attached, it's not an NS window. It's just the NS popover. So it has no close button. So when you're just initializing the the window. Uh, I can't say no close button, please, because there's no close button. Hmm. Um, so the close button only appears when it's detached. Now there's this very useful, you know, uh, method, kind of like is the window detached? And if it is, then you can perform some actions. So I'll like, okay, if the window is detached, hide the close button, and that works. The problem is, as you are detaching, like as soon as you start dragging, now it's a window. It has a close button. But that method, like, is detached, is not been called uh, until you release the mouse right. with the cursor. So just that route, I would have that weird, ugly button until you release the mouse, and then it's gone. You need and so, the, uh, the will detach <laughs> call. No? Exactly, but there's no will detach. Uh, what there is is What about is detaching? That... <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to call <laughs> private APIs, see if it works. Uh, but no, but there was one... The, the method like is detachable, which again you just return true. Inside that method, um I just you know, as I do, just add print and and it was being called like when you start dragging. So I was like, haha, cool. So I'll add that I'll try to hide the button there. But the problem is like it's too soon. Like when you start <laughs> dragging, you call that method, 
uh, it's not an NS window yet, and then just like a couple milliseconds after, then it's an NS window, then it has a close button. So I was like, crap, so close. So I try to add a delay, a delay to, to the call. Like, okay, just wait like 0.1 milliseconds and then call it. And that didn't work. And the, like the, the closest thing I could get, it was a half a second. I could wait half a second and then try to call it, and that would work. But you would still like flash it. You know, you would still see it. So I was like, okay, never mind then. What else can I do? What the hell is this? Like, why not? One possible solution would be to just like redraw instead of using just the NS popover, just extend that and create my own class. And one thing you can do is like you can just redraw the whole window when it detaches. And effectively, it's a new class. It's an NS window. It's not an NS popover or whatever. So I'd have to do a lot of custom code there. Um, so I was trying to avoid that. Then, uh, and by the way, like Googling for this, <laughs> I don't think anyone uses this class because holy shit, there's super unhelpful. <laughs> um, so finally, I realized that that weird square behind it is the vibrancy effect. For some reason, like I think Apple is not expecting you to have like a moving background or like a photo or a video as the background of an NS popover. So I think if you don't have anything behind it, it kind of blends okay in the background, but because I have the video, it's very noticeable. So it's that freaking vibrancy effect uh, that they forgot to set the border radius for it, I guess. Um, So one thing I did was you can set the appearance of a window and you can set, you know, aqua uh, or dark aqua which is dark mode or you can set like vibrancy something aqua or vibrancy whatever because there's this preference you can go to system preferences you could disable vibrancy um and you you you'll lose that like that blur effect that you have for example on the sidebar on finder and a lot of apps use it um Mm -hmm. so it's it's that so I, i was like okay fine i'll just set the appearance of this window to be you know aqua and not aqua with vibrancy and that gets rid of that background layer of the button, and the button is has a bit more contrast. So I'm like, cool, perfect. But the problem is now, like, well, now because I am explicitly setting the 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 appearance, if you switch to dark mode, like the button won't update because mm-hmm. you set it to a you know a set appearance. Mm. So now I have to add a bunch of logic to try to listen for you know if you change the 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 mode dark to dark mode and try to redraw that which by the way failed so i think if you try to do that if you try to break my app you can it's very easy but i think if you try to switch modes while the window is like visible i forget what i eventually did either i close the window like ah ha ha (laughs) nice try you're not gonna see it (laughs) or i think it just won't update until you. that's an opportunity for an easter egg rafa (laughs) i know it should pop up a, a video of you like trying to trying to debug this feature. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like it's like you being like, oh, fuck. Uh, let me try this. No, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. Why oh, fuck it. It's like what do I do? How do I handle the situation? Ah, oh, you know what? I'll just put a video of myself. <laughs> It'll be fine. Nobody will notice. You, yeah, that video. actually sounds something like that. Would that would do. be really funny. Maybe. Uh, Easter egg. If you shake your Mac. Um, <laughs> so last thing to kind of fix this is that uh, somehow this button didn't have contrast, like enough contrast. So 
and by the way, I had the same thing with the little gear settings drop down uh, menu in dark mode. Dark mode is we talked about it is like transparent for some reason. So I also have to add like another layer, another UI view behind the button that it just changes color depending on the mode that you are in, just to increase contrast. Freaking mess. <laughs> so to add this one feature, which would be detach the window, it took me three lines of code. <laughs> And then just to try to fix this stupid button um, took me, you know, like a couple good days of work. <laughs> Certainly it's been like at least two weeks since I had that first version. Anywho, the update is out. You can now detach your window and you can also do Command-Shift-H, keyboard shortcut to, to trigger it. Uh, why can't you set your own custom keyboard shortcut? Because I don't know how. It's just a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it next time, you know. <laughs> so anyway, it's out. Go try it. Uh, one thing that it's cool is if you set the preferences to only close the window, like if you click on the icon again, um, you can have this persistent window always on top of every other window and always on, um, which is good if I'm like trying to do screencasts or like record um you know like the screen and you want to add yourself almost like a picture in picture thing you can yeah that's really cool it's sort of like these unexpected use cases for this app mm-hmm. that i think yeah. is super nice i i would definitely do that like if i'm using if i'm showing like a walkthrough of something to somebody or something like that like it's a great app to use Thanks, for buddy cool dude it's getting it's an hour should we do recommendations and talk about Reality Composer next week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it. I mean, it's going to take five minutes, though. So I also wanted to talk about GitHub code spaces and stuff. <laughs> just, damn it. Should we talk about it, or should we just talk about it next week? Uh, We can talk about it next week. Okay. Stay tuned, folks. Next week, we're going to be talking about GitHub code spaces and a bunch of new marketing pages. Oh, Kevin, can I just say something? Mm-hmm. It's very, like, honestly, it's very patty of me. I... I, I'm not proud of like even saying this. But can you go to github.com slash enterprise? Uh-oh. <laughs> someone rip you off. Technically, they didn't. Build like the best. Cool. Start scrolling down. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. 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 <laughs> uh, oh, just until the nav just... Oh, yes. I wasn't actually looking up there. Uh, this is extremely petty of me. Please. Just <laughs> it is your trademark, for... though. Like, I've been... You did have, this before I've, anybody I've... else did. Yeah, but I didn't ship it, so it doesn't count. Oh, like, wait. There's a new nav for Netlify app, just like that. And also, here, I'm sending you a screenshot. <laughs> I even mocked it up for the marketing site as well, and actually we were playing with it. And the date is like November seventh, <laughs> <laughs> and now I know like even if you ship it, it's just like oh you're just copying GitHub, and I'm like yeah well technically yeah but damn it this never <laughs> happens, but I was just so pissed like god damn it, beat you to it. <sighs> it is a good idea. I like it. I think anyway. you should still do it. Yeah, I think it's a good I don't idea. Know about marketing, and then you know, screw the haters. Yeah. We we all know. I've seen this. Like you showed me this like forever ago. Mm-hmm. I know that you didn't copy it, and 
I know that they 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 copied it from you, even if they didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they they definitely didn't because it feels. But it's it's interesting. Like it feels so out of place actually for GitHub. Like it just, maybe they, they are definitely going for a new style. Even the new code spaces marketing side. Have you seen that? No, like the landing page. Um, GitHub.com slash features slash code spaces. Okay, I guess we're talking about it now. Uh, <laughs> um. They announced that this uh, GitHub Universe, which is uh, happening right now, and it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a full, you know, full fledged code editor, or not just code editor, just IDE, right? In it, yeah, yeah, I guess it's like not, yeah, whatever. Because <laughs> you have a, like a terminal thing, they can also have a whatever. Anyway, it's pretty much Visual Studio Code, uh, but on the browser. And you know you can trigger it from directly from like a repo, which is honestly pretty cool. Uh, right now it's like behind a beta early access thing, so I I can't really try it. Uh, hey Brian, can you hook us up? Thanks. Uh, <laughs> or Sam, or, or Bryn, or Joel, or everyone that works at GitHub. Everyone <laughs> works at GitHub. Um, so if yeah, if you can hook us up, that'd be lovely. Thank you, love you. Um, but, but it's, I think it's pretty cool. Like the, the opportunity for this, not only that, sure, you can code on the iPad and you kind of, you could do that in a way with tools like code sandbox. And there's, I know there's other, you know, browser based, uh, environment or whatever, but the fact that it's so tightly integrated with GitHub, I mean, all my code is already on GitHub, you know, that's, that's a starting point. Um, and honestly, having this workspace and where you don't have to worry with about node modules or you know, <laughs> uh, that that is actually pretty cool. And you can work on an iPad if you want. Um, I probably not. It's not going to replace my text editor. I don't see this being the primarily you know primary way that I would write code. But it's cool to have it. You know. Yeah, and I feel like it seems like the first step to something bigger. That like right now the way you know editing code works is like you put some code on GitHub and then if you want to make changes to it you download it to your computer make the changes to your computer and then upload it to GitHub and it seems mm-hmm. like this is trying to say hey like what if we didn't have this step in the middle like why why couldn't you just edit the code right from GitHub and talk mm-hmm. to GitHub directly without having this round trip to this computer in the middle. Um, and there's probably a lot of cool stuff that you can do if you have that direct integration with GitHub. Um, so who knows like where this is going to go, but like in a way it kind of like it, you can't apply it in the same way, but in a way it makes me think of how Figma is thinking about files and things like that, where it's like, the sketch model and we've talked to that uh with like the sketch founder is like you know you have a file the file sits on the computer and then sketch edits that file but then there's a whole set of features that you can't bring because you don't control kind of like the storage layer (laughs) and i feel like for github um that's what they're they're trying to they're trying to move to more of a figma model i guess with this where it's like you know, we own everything and like, who knows, maybe you could have some like collaboration, like two people in the same, uh, in the same file, you know, and like 
it probably would be a nightmare of like both people editing the same files at the same time. But what if you want to do like pairing or something like that? Or what if you want to build like these powerful code editors on the iPad? And like having this like weird, awkward computer round trip in the middle is annoying. Well, now like, and also GitHub has like an amazing iPad, iPhone and iPad app. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing it doesn't have is code editing and it sure as hell would be nice to mm-hmm. have like a built-in code editor. And like, what if they added like these instant previews and, you know, like I think in a couple years, I think this is the just the beginning of a whole new set of features for GitHub. And I think it's really smart. I am really excited, uh, especially because you know now we know people working on some of this stuff, and it's it's incredible. Uh, it's it's also like this was possible because GitHub was acquired by Microsoft, and you know they now have the GitHub team and the Visual Studio team. Uh, you know, because this is VS Code on the browser, and VS Code was already like browser based or at least web technology based, right? Um, it's it's pretty cool and also huge shout out to their marketing teams because this this page looks incredible um look at that like dark mode light mode section like the transitions from the little icons i don't know if you've seen that uh and and you know uh cameo of joel khalifa (laughs) there um it's just so lovely that they're doing great in uh, even their their enterprise page that we mentioned before you know and if we if i just try to ignore that nav um, <laughs> I, I was sharing this on the you know Netlify's uh, Slack channel. It's like I, I love that companies like GitHub and where they are, you know, they're a reference for a lot of, a lot of other companies, especially in the tech, uh, tech, tech, tech business. It's it's great to see a page like the enterprise page. Like you couldn't get more serious than this, and still, you know, their their design language is pretty not playful, but Pretty still, you know, um, kind of, well, I was going to say playful. I can't think of another word. Like, it doesn't sound that, you know, suit and tie, serious, dark, you know, background um, thing. It still has, you know, the, the it has border radius and it has cool icons <laughs> and it has big, bold heathers. And, like, cool. I like that it's, I like companies like GitHub and, you know, I think the, the, uh, the pioneers on this is Stripe, right? Like, they are... Uh, they are convincing in in showing executives across a lot of other companies that this is one way that you can do it. Um, and if you all want to try to be the next Stripe or the next GitHub, then you know, then copy them, which will probably allow for a lot of designers in other companies to be a bit more playful and have a bit more fun and do more interesting design things um, in their in marketing sites. Nice. Anywho, awesome. Cool. Okay, Kevin, recommendations. We yes, do, do you want to go first? It's in our contract. Yes. Well, while I find my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm really excited about this this recommendation. It's a YouTube video. I love those. Um, have you heard of YouTube? It's, it's nope, this YouTube never. video, and it's called um, Spider-Man's Animation, The Zip to Point. Now, <laughs> it's like a super nerdy video. Uh, by this channel called New Frame Plus, which I wasn't aware of, but I, I instantly subscribed to, which is a channel that just um, just explores and analyzes animation in video games. Pretty cool. 
And this one is just about that zip to point uh, action on the Spider-Man PS4, the, the video game that we both played. No, you mm -hmm. can't say that. And I game. finished it. And you finished it? Yeah. Wow. First game world. I've ever finished, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that zip to point uh, action, right? Is when you... You know, you're swinging around and you have a little, like a little crosshair thing uh, that is always uh, like being pulled to like ledges or things in where you can. Yep. Uh, anyway, I forget the, the key, which keys you press, but you zip to that point, right? Yep. And this YouTube video uh, just analyzes that animation. Like, why does it feel so freaking satisfying? All of the little like details and how the transition from because you can zip to a point if you're just swinging around if you're just falling you can be standing and zip to a point right so all of these transi transitions have to be uh you know addressed uh and it just feels so satisfying uh and feels so spider-man-y <laughs> um anyway it's 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 incredible it's like they analyze frame by frame and then all the different variants that that animation has and it's one of those things that uh, i think we most of us in this industry and as designers, we really appreciate when something that looks so obvious and so, you know, effortless uh, actually has a, a lot of work in thinking behind it. Um, so this definitely falls into that category and it's super satisfying. So if you like, you know, video game animation, I guess, or if you just feel like Spider-Man or if you just like about nerdy things, uh, watch it. It's cool. And subscribe to the channel. It's good. Nice. That's awesome. Do you have a recommendation ready? I do. So I have two recommendations uh, because I think my first one is a little bit uh, less conventional. So I don't really do this usually because this it feels kind of like a self plug or whatever. But um, one of the apps that I've been really enjoying using uh, lately is the Shop app. I don't know if you've heard mm. about it, but it's a new app uh, from Shopify. And uh, I've actually worked on the team a little while ago. It I remember this, started yeah. out as Shopify Pay and then merged with uh, Arrive, which is a package tracking app. And now they're doing a bunch of like other cool stuff. I'm not on the team anymore, <laughs> um, so which is why I'm talking about it. Um, but uh, as I've been ordering things online, like I've just been really enjoying it uh, a lot. Um, I used to use deliveries before, but the annoying thing with deliveries is you have to like always add the tracking codes and everything. Mm -hmm. So this app just like automatically pulls all of your, um, all of your deliveries. It's not quite perfect yet, like in terms of parsing all those stuff, all those, all those things. But, um, for the most part, I get like most of my orders in there in the app automatically. And there's, um, some cool features where you can follow some of the shops that you like. So it automatically adds, you know, the shop that you buy, buy from. But um, you can go and, like, see and find some local shops. Um, and then it, like, surfaces them into the app. Um, and I've just, it's just been super cool, like, kind of browsing those and seeing some interesting new products. And one of my favorite features uh, actually came from someone who used to be on my team who's, like, super passionate about environment. Of course, all of us are, but he's actually, like, trying to brainstorm ideas for how to do something about it um so one of the features of the app is when you buy something using shop um will automatically offset the carbon that it took 
uh, is that how you say it? Like basically like to do the transportation, it's like carbon offsetting. So for example, oh. like if you buy something, then like a tree will be planted. Like for, this is actually for real. Um, so I think like all of us feel a little bit concerned about our like impact on climate and environment. And this is mm-hmm. one super, super easy way that if you use this app, will actually like automatically offset um, the the harm that we're doing in the transportation. Um, and the feature is super well done. So uh, yeah, I recommend shop. It's pretty good. Just install it as you were talk- uh, talking. Look at that cool animation. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Nice. Super nice. So uh, can I ask a question? Um, yeah. Does it, like you can add a, uh, uh, deliveries or packages from like non Shopify stores as well. Does yep. it work? Yeah. Oh, so cool. you, yeah. you can just like press the plus and then we can add manual um, tracking codes. Got it. It looks great, by the way. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I think I'll, they did a good job. It'll be my new go to. Uh, uh, like you said, I was using deliveries as well. But um, yeah, it looks great. I didn't know about it in the installed. Cool. What's your second recommendation? Cool. Second recommendation. Overachiever. <laughs> second recommendation is a Twitter thread from uh, Imran Chaudhry. Uh, it was like, I think a week ago or something like that. He tweeted about the infamous <laughs> um, home screen for the Apple Watch. And so if you don't know who Imran oh. Chaudhry is, Imran Chaudhry um, used to be a human interface designer at Apple. Um, he worked on iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple Watch, Apple TV, like you name it, he's worked on it um, since like the very beginning. Um, And so he goes through a little bit like some of the process for designing uh, stuff for the Apple Watch. And so he includes some sketches and some some of the like ideas that they they had and even like the little butterfly <laughs> that's one of the the backgrounds on the watch that he actually has framed <laughs> in his house i think something like that it's like, such an apple thing to do like um, people who work at apple thing to do totally yeah and like reading this thread uh, we'll put have a link in the show notes so people can like fully re- read it but reading this thread it's like funny how so many of these things that i think like are are just part of all of our lives you know as we use these products come from such a like human perspective of like hey like just this one guy thought it was cool to have a butterfly and so they did it like they made a butterfly and then that's now is part of everyone's watch you know <laughs> um i think it's just like so interesting to see like how much kind of impact someone like that can have um and the uh the apple watch like home screen how do you call it it's not home screen right it's the apps app honeycomb selector. thing but it, yeah. that's not the that's not the official term anyways like you know the thing where like you have to like yeah, yeah. send down your fingers to actually be able to hit any icon it's like i find this piece of ui like so interesting because it is smart in uh, in some ways like the way that it like it makes it so you can't see the edges of the watch like as you move your thing around like the icons size down and up 
And so it like gives this great illusion that the watch doesn't have any edges, which was, I think, like really important in like selling the, especially the old Apple watch, which has had like huge bezels. Um, but also on the other hand is like absolutely terrible to use and we're still stuck with it. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like this interesting, like very smart in one way and I can see why they tried it. But also on the other, I'm like, why does this still exist? Um, but anyways, so it made me think a lot about like UI interface and like one of the things that's interesting too is like one of the sketches is a circle. I was like, hmm, that's that's pretty funny. Um, so anyways, um, I'll have a link in the show notes and people can go and take a look. Cool. All right. This is the end of the show. Um, welcome to Layout, a show about programming and more programming and code <laughs> stuff. And uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, check out... Uh, okay, I'll do the outro real quick. Uh, what do we usually say? Go <laughs> to our Twitter, LARFM. If you want to follow us, we both uh, tweet occasionally. And I'm at Rafahari and Kevin is at Vernal Kick. Uh, same on Instagram or whatever. Uh, you can go to our website, our, our show's website. That's layout.fm. And... This show is part of the Spec FM network. So if, if, if you are not aware, you see the little... You look at our artwork. Our, our you see the little plus on the corner? That's the Spec FM network. Or Spec network. I'm not sure if they go by Spec FM or Spec. Who knows? Are we layout or layout, layout FM? <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, Spec. So go to Spec.FM to take a look at uh, a lot of other podcasts and resources uh, if you want to listen to more stuff. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. I hope everyone is safe and doing okay in these weird times. Um, it's okay to freak out every once in a while. And I think, I think that's it. Kevin, this is fun. Talk to you next week. Boom. All right. Bye. Bye.